Ah, oh, smells good in here. Was braising some chicken all night long. Let's see, let's see. Oh my, my, my. This is gonna require some tasty music. Ooh, ooh, that tastes good. All right, sorry. But yes, in the kitchen. I'm in the kitchen, gonna put on some music. Let's do it. Oh my, oh yeah, oh yeah. Yep, here we go again. It's the family cast, where food and music is life, yes. And this week I have a special guest for you. I mean, they're always special guests, but it just sounds cool to say this week on a very special episode of The Family Cast. We welcome Mr. Chad Pearson. Chad Pearson, ladies and gentlemen. Chad Pearson. Yeah, so Chad has been uh, in my life for a very long time. In fact, at one point in his career, he was Dogwood's booking agent. So he sent us all the way up to Alaska on a tour, across Canada, down to Florida. And on those tours, we got to play with a bunch of cool bands and you know make friends with people from all around the country, other bands, bands that didn't always sound like us. But we made some really great friends and connections that I still cherish to this day. So, thanks, Chad. Thanks for sending us to Alaska. Actually, you know, I still talk to people that I met in Alaska, too, so that's cool. Anyways, enough about Alaska. Um, We have to talk about Chad, which we do in this episode. He is the guest of honor on this week's episode of The Family Cast. And he has done so much stuff that I can't even name it all here. He kind of, we get into, uh, he's actually really good at telling that kind of, you know, autobiography of his life with all the career changes and moves and stuff like that that he did so pretty cool stuff stay tuned for all of that because it gets pretty rad and um we also uh i don't know if it's not really debuting but he at the time when we were doing the conversation he hadn't totally launched his new record label yet so you'll hear a little bit more about that and i'm hoping that that just takes off and does so well for for chad because He's uh he's done some really cool things with his record labels and everything, so can't wait for that. Before we start the episode, I just wanted to say please remember remember to share the episodes with everybody. Everyone nowadays should know where to get podcasts. These are all over the place. I don't need to tell you that, but I can tell you that we're on Instagram at the Family Cast, and we are on Patreon, patreon.com forward slash familycast. Also, you know, there's a whole bunch of other stuff we can get into, but I want to get right into the episode with Chad because it's a pretty fun one, and also, subscribe to the show so you don't miss anything, because I got some cool stuff coming up, and I don't want you to miss a thing. I don't want you to miss a thing. That's my, uh, who is that? Aerosmith, I think. I don't know. Anyways, enough of me. Here is Chad Pearson on The Family Cast? Let's dig in. Hello. Hi. Hola. I'm here with my, my old uh, partner in crime for certain things, Chad Pearson. What crimes did we do? Oh, I don't know. Just, I don't know. Partner, <laughs> partner in grime. Yeah. With, with a G. Partner okay. in sending you to Alaska. Yeah, that was fun. Click. I'm here with Chad Pearson. <laughs> <Just kidding. laughs> 
man yeah that's true i forgot about, i forgot that was that was you uh mm. i've talked about that trip quite a bit actually on this show and others but uh now we can kind of talk a little bit about that from your point of view but anyways <laughs> we have a lot to talk about because you have done so much since the last time i was able to actually physically touch you um, mm. you know like hug and face to face and all that so yeah, those good times good burritos yeah. <laughs> yep. Shout out, uh, uh, Senior Grubby's Carlsbad. Sure. Um, Wherever you yeah. told me to go, that's where I went. That's true. That's true. Um, so, ladies and gentlemen, this is Mr. Chad Pearson, uh, a man of. Ha! Um, don't worry. <laughs> They're not going to see that. <laughs> They're not going to see that. But I wish I, I wish I could um, figure. I'll figure out a way to get that on there. Yeah, you um, should. Yeah, that's That'll a good be, face. Uh, that, yeah, that's a good face. I've been told I'm uh, a good face. <laughs> it's a it's a face for well yeah anyways it's a beautiful face, face. for radio yes yeah, yeah yes um so chad is a man of many many things um the, lots of cool backgrounds history all this kind of stuff he's actually drinking out of a coffee mug that i of a place i want to talk about sometime in this conversation um which we'll get to because it's it's a little bit down the line the path of your story i think but um mm -hmm. I uh, see that I know that you are in currently in another state uh, from me and you're wearing a shirt that is from a state where you were for a long time. So uh, we can mm -hmm. talk about, we'll talk about all of that. So just a little background story on Chad and mine's relationship is when he had left or was about to leave Tooth and Nail Records uh, as an employee there and started a booking agency called the Militia Group. Yeah, I'd be curious on uh, on your perspective of this because I think maybe you you can relate as as time moves on, your recollection and what other people's <laughs> recollection kind of drift. <laughs> I don't totally so, remember. Yeah, I don't remember when you started the booking agency or what 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 uh, at what point in your booking career we had joined your roster. But I know that um, I think you were not working at the label when we were on the booking agency roster. If so, yeah, um, I, I I definitely left yeah <laughs> i don't remember, I remember any of the story of like how or why you left but i know that from militia group being a booking agency then you formed the militia group record label and then Correct. so on and so forth many other things happened after that too um yeah so lots of lots of cool things way back when but why don't we even go back a little bit further and tell us you know i know you have um you know, cool history in other countries too. So if you could tell a little bit about kind of growing up in the, in your family and stuff like that, um, and how you got the knack for working in the music industry. Man, well, how much time do you have? I'll be short and sweet, man, a few words. Uh, we'll do, we're going to do three episodes right here. <laughs> okay. This is episode six. Uh, no, uh, my parents are missionaries, short and sweet, uh, mm -hmm. Port Angeles, Washington was where uh, they lived until you know they decided to become missionaries. Uh, with Wycliffe Bible Translators, they moved the whole family uh, to Papua New Guinea uh, okay. when I was about between three and four years old. Um, lived there until I graduated high school um, and then had dreams of grandeur of being a drummer and moved to Seattle ah. because my favorite record label was in Seattle and it was close to Port Angeles. Um, Favorite yeah. record label being Tooth and Nail Records. Um, worked there a couple of years, enjoyed it thoroughly, working with some of my favorite bands. Ironically enough, I was just showing my son Cliffy uh, the video that you did uh, with Jim Chaffin 
uh, the POD dudes, uh, hey oh, yeah. uh-huh. you know, and then talking about, cause he's like, who are you going to talk to? I was like, oh, my buddy, Josh. So I had to give him context. And then <laughs> Mark Solomon popped up at the very end. He's like, who's that? I'm like, actually Cliffy, he, he bought some of Cliffy's art back in the day. So then I pulled up oh, no Stagetaker stuff. Yeah. So uh, kind of fun, but uh, tooth and nail. Then yeah, started, decided to uh, do something else, which was militia group, which started as a booking agency management company. Uh, a fanzine was in there, which we actually did do one fanzine, um, but <laughs> yes, we never released that. it. Um, I have some great stories because I asked a lot of bands, what was their most embarrassing moments on stage? And I do remember one person's, um, which I'll just go ahead and say it. Uh, basically, he had <laughs> diarrhea and was jumping up and down on stage. It was not you, Josh. I'll, I'll put that at ease. I was going to say, because that sounds very familiar. But um... <laughs> Sure, it does. This, this yeah. gentleman uh, from the South uh, was jumping up and down and proceeded uh-huh. to have diarrhea down his shorts. So I'm going to do always... some detective work here. It's a man I was, I was, from I, the I South. I was regretful. I was regretful <laughs> that it never saw the light of day. He was brave enough to give it to me, but... Um, then I met a, a, a man named Rory Felton uh-huh. doing booking, uh, stayed at his house uh, a few times and he booked a lot of shows. Um, what's the venue in Kansas city? New earth. I think he was, he was my, yeah, he, for New earth. Rory yeah. was so, like, yeah, Laura Lawrence, Kansas city, that whole area. Yep. Yep. So we stayed at his house. I remember it was, uh, the operation, which then became me without you. Um, maybe it's for, I don't remember who, but. He was basically saying, hey, I'm moving to uh, California. Let's hang out. So we did. I was like, yeah, for sure. Let's hang out. Um, we started Militia Group as a label, um, which you know, was, that was awesome. Um, yeah. And then I stopped booking bands like Dogwood and Slick Shoes. And so kind of, you know, took the turn. Did that for a few years. Moved out to uh, Georgia to be near my wife's family so we could start a family. Started another uh-huh. company called P is for Panda. That didn't flesh out too well, um, but I'm still good, extremely good proud records of, though. Good records. Yes, I was just pulling up some. Uh, I pulled up all my vinyl records, moved them upstairs, uh, saw a lot of test pressing. Like, oh, this is really good. Oh, this is really good. Uh-huh. Um, so yeah. really proud of the records I put out. But unfortunately, we did not see the commercial success needed to uh, have the partners to continue on. Right. Uh, then I started. Uh, and Stave Sager, ironically enough, Dirk, who played bass in that band, Stave Sager, he is Zach Brown's personal assistant. He called me up about the same day, literally three hours after I got news that my partners wouldn't fund PS for Panda anymore and said, hey, we're looking for someone to run a label. Would you be interested? I was like, uh, ironically, yeah. So I uh, did the whole song and dance uh, and uh, helped run Zach Brown's label uh, for about a year. Then after that, I actually got fired. Um, oh. And then I found the one only other label in Atlanta, which was Reach Records, which was Christian hip hop, which I didn't ever think I'd be in that realm, but uh, helped run that for about seven years. Uh, really proud of what we accomplished. Um, at that point, I went through a really tough mental state um, and decided I needed something else because driving on the oncoming traffic was not a solution to what I was doing. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, Never is. So about the same time, uh, this uh, nonprofit named Ref- called Refuge Coffee Company approached me and said, hey, we, we're looking for a new operations guy. Mm-hmm. Would you be down? Um, long story short, I said yes. Um, it was it was really tough on the family financially, but um, 
I, I learned a lot and I was really grateful for it. I could walk to work, which is awesome. Yeah. Uh, Clarkston, Georgia is a home of a lot of refugees and immigrants. It's called the most diverse square mile in America because we do have a lot of refugees and immigrants from all over the place. It's really oh. freaking awesome. I love it here. Yeah. Um, I didn't know so that. refuge coffee uh, just helps provide job skills, you know, English, yeah. they teach English, they help build a resume, they help connect you to schools. And it's just really cool to see uh, the biggest thing that, that I, the biggest takeaway I get, get is seeing um, friends, humans, you know, who haven't had a chance to dream actually start dreaming for the first time uh-huh. and understanding what they can accomplish in life. Um, and that's huge, you know. Um, yeah, for sure. But after that, I started loving music again. Ironically, my church at the time was like, hey, I consulted with them on how to run worship music or their label and just music business in general. And I was like, I'll never work at a church, never work at worship music. Um, And eventually I started loving it. You know, I loved the people there. And I was like, all right, let's let's do it. Let's go full time. So I'm now on the board of Refuge, went to work at North Point to run North Point Music. Uh, did that for about a year and a half. Uh, got let go, and now I am working for a company called Rivals, which is an e-commerce and branding platform. So we have our clients include people like Mr. Beast, uh, uh-huh. Dude Perfect, Mark Rober, uh, Corridor Digital, uh, Excision, Typical Gamer, um, and that's completely different. And also just launched a label uh, Friday. So that's me in a nutshell. <laughs> so there you go. That's a- that is quite a tasty nutshell. Um, yeah, it's that's, a journey. Um, <laughs> yeah, um, wow. Did you so going back? That's so that's that's a lot of footnotes I have to remember here. But going back to <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, Papua New Guinea, is that did you kind of start learning anything about coffee there, or did Refuge just kind of come out of the blue? Like, how did how did coffee work into all this? Like, no, I mean, in Papua New Guinea, ironically, pop, coffee was everywhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, any coffee that you oh. get, well, I say I say any, but. A lot of the coffee you get from Papua New Guinea comes from really the region that I grew up in called Ayura, um, Ayura Valley. Um, a guy that I went to elementary school, Chris Colburn, actually owns the plantation there. And so it's oh. his coffee. And I used to drive by the plantation on my motorcycle. You know, you'd walk along the farms and there'd be, you know, coffee beans drying out in the thing. There'd be coffee trees. You'd go pick them off, suck the cherry, you know, but I was never, coffee was just gross you know yeah. even moving to yeah. seattle i was just yeah. like why is everyone drinking coffee this is gross. exactly I, I was gonna tie it yeah i was like i was gonna be like you know you grew up in the uh, coffee yeah region that, that was, you moved to the that was honestly the- yeah that was honestly a dream of mine to like <laughs> ooh, what great time to bring well now i work at refuge coffee what if we had my buddy serena mm-hmm. grow coffee beans send them yeah. over my way we roast them and then that tie in there there's you know i was naive and thinking that could happen easily you know, and the cost was going to be uh, relatively low, you know, being at a nonprofit, you don't have a ton of money. Um, right. Yeah. So Everything's like, high cost. Uh, yeah. yeah so uh, that, that'll just still live as a dream, but yeah. Is Refuge Coffee still operational? Oh yeah. Fully operational. They're having yeah. a great year. They're able to pivot. They do in Atlanta. It's great. It's, Refuge Coffee has uh, two coffee trucks and a like a trailer they can go set up at events um, they mm-hmm. do a lot of catering so a lot of the movie business a lot of tv shows filming here um, so they're always on tv shows that nice. was cool like hey stranger things is called we're gonna go on the set and i was like i'm going you know i didn't know <laughs> that it was at like 3 a.m and 
you know, they yeah. put us way yeah. outside where no yeah. one is actually going to come out. And yeah, that's really what we do. <laughs> get the person taking the order, you know, hey, this is for so and so. Make sure you don't mess this up. It's like I would yeah. like to see so and so. It's like no, they're busy. It's like, okay, cool. <laughs> they're busy fighting like, invisible just, yeah. monsters. <laughs> yeah, I'm just going to go home then. I pretty yeah. quickly uh, declined all invitations to go on set after that because I was like, yeah. Um, but what, during what, COVID, is, what does it mean? What does that mean to be a director of ops for a company like that? As uh, are you like? involved with every single aspect of training and coffee and all the stuff yeah i mean really at nonprofit at that level with you know four or five employees at that point you know um and a staff uh a, a training crew so to speak um you touched everything i mean i was responsible for everything from ordering coffee sleeves coffee cups uh making sure we had beans mm -hmm. to just I'm a fan of letting people lead and just asking what obstacles I can remove, yeah. you know, and yeah. what help you can be as opposed to, <laughs> I want you here when and how, and this is how you do it. More okay. of us going, hey, our, we need coffee in a cup. However you get there, whatever tools you need, let me know, you know, and letting them figure it out for themselves. And usually you get a lot of buy-in from employees in that way. And so- For sure. Um, my day-to-day -day was, meeting with people who potentially said they wanted to give us money who said they wanted to come clean up and you know donate right. air conditioners to hiring new staff you know new trainees and interviewing trainees and you know even the the language barrier that you might have and understanding and hearing their heartaches and right then dealing with like hey you got to show up on time you got to do the work and training in that regards and again mm -hmm it's everything like meeting with numerous partners who just want to give you the world that you know five meetings later you're still like why am i meeting you know <laughs> yeah um, but it i i still adore the place you know i adore yeah. kitty who started she's a neighbor um the person cool. who took over for me his name is walt he's incredible uh, he was at a chick-fil-a for years so he took over and then COVID hit which is perfect because if COVID hit when i was there i would have no idea what to do yeah. <laughs> he was able to really drive the ship and actually thrive you know so that was really cool You're, you'd be like um what have you guys ever thought about refuge records or something <laughs> yeah. hey uh how about we pivot yeah you can record pivot. right yeah, yeah. Let, let's record some syrian music we'll be it's we'll, an international we'll sound yeah um so yeah so so grew up in papua new guinea and yep. do, do you speak so you speak multiple languages uh I, I used to speak for used to been, yeah been been years I mean really what I can say is you got something which basically means you have a little thing in your pants a little chicken man so <laughs> why, why why would you need to know that <laughs> is that, is that a school know. thing that's just something when uh Zach Schultz who you know Zach Schultz who was in the yeah. stairwell my uh -huh. best friend since third grade you know, so people would be like, and we were roommates and people would like, speak your language, speak your language. And we just, you know, talk crap about people. And that would be the one thing that we'd say, you got to leave something stuff and settle trousers, but you, what'd you say? What'd you say? Uh, we said you had a little wiener. <laughs> oh, okay. That usually just shut oh. people up real quick. Yeah. Well, yeah, um, but you know, okay. I can't, uh, I can't do anything you know? about that. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, that's a good segue into um, working at Tooth and Nail, I guess. Um, just kidding. <laughs> but um, <laughs> so you so you moved back. To, so you're so your family's from Port Angeles. That is that close to where Tooth and Nail is in? Yeah, Port Angeles. If you look, if you imagine the state of Washington, there's that peninsula mm -hmm. uh, on the left hand side, and yeah. right in the middle is Port Angeles. And you could look over the water and see Vancouver Island. Okay. Um, 
you could take a ferry boat, Forks, Washington, which Twilight, you've seen Twilight. I know you have an Edward poster right behind you. So, yeah, you know, Team Edward. <laughs> Totally. You told totally. you were totally looking for a second too. You're like, I was like, wait, I don't know what unless someone I didn't know some one of these skate decks was like an homage to Twilight or something. Yeah. Um but Twilight was filmed around there. So I mean that's where that's the claim to fame though, but it's a logging community. Ooh. Um so, so did you have um did you have aspirations that you wanted to go? Did you want to go work at Seattle because like sub pop and didn't know we're there and you want to be close to home or I mean to be honest, it was tooth and nail. I mean sub pop, yeah, nirvana and all that, but tooth and nail, that was that was the jam. That was the hope, you know. So I went to Art Institute of uh, Seattle in hopes to get a job at Tooth and Nail. Somehow ended up having an internship at Tooth and Nail, and I spent more time there than at school, and then thus started failing at Art Institute. But you know, <laughs> I was failing at classes like how to read a Billboard magazine, and I was at break reading Billboard magazine at Tooth and Nail. So I was like, and Billy, you know, our good friend Billy was like, "You want to work yeah. here? You want to work here?" And I was like, "No, I gotta go." No, and finally I'm like, "What am I doing?" Yeah, of course. So yeah, nice. I kind of then I called up Zach. He's like, you got to come work here too, you know. So I convinced <laughs> Zach to work there. Nice. Another one of our good friends, Ryan Awakawa. I don't know if you remember him. Uh -huh. To uh -huh. move from Hawaii to Seattle to come. Then I ditched them all and I moved to California once I got yeah. there. So, but you know, you, your claim to fame Very there fun. is, you know, you're one of the original catalog models, right? Oh so, yes, definitely. Yeah. And Eggly so, Bagel Face. Don't forget Eggly Bagel Face. Eggly Bagel Face. Yeah. Um, so tell tell me about the transition of going from, you know, working at your favorite, you know, your dream job to starting your new dream. Dream job at Tootmail to starting. Yeah, know, starting the militia group. Uh -huh. yeah, that's a, I'll try to condense it real quick, but year three, <laughs> um, I have no, like, I love Tooth and Nail. I still do. I love everyone that I worked with. I have no yeah. beef whatsoever, you know, mm -hmm. with anyone at Tooth and Nail. Brandon, I would still consider him a great friend. Um, with all his quirks and everything, but he's just dominate. Yeah, dominate '98. But dominate. He, uh, I had my three-year review. I remember clearly. This is what I remember. And again, I could remember completely different. But it was like, hey, you're doing a great job. We're going to give you a five cent an hour raise, and now you're going to become Brandon's assistant. And I was like, I'm in. Let's do this. You know, and I was A&Ring bands like uh, yeah. Huntington's. I think Dogwood was coming in. I was going to A&R Dogwood. Um, mm -hmm. I, I was talking to a lot of bands and I just, I, I loved it. And so I was nice. like, yeah, for sure. Let's do this. Cause Christy Martin just had Max, uh, her first child uh -huh. and she was leaving. So I was going to take over Christy's position. Uh, and I was like, sure, let's do this. Um, but then I was sitting around at home with um, uh, my, my roommate at the time. And I was just like, looked at him. I was like, dude, Dale? I to California. Uh, not Dale. Dale was gone. He was, he was in that band slick shoes um so he had <laughs> left 90 pound was to go join slick shoes right yeah and so it was me and this guy named ty uh ty is awesome but i just looked at him and i was like hey i'm gonna move to california i'm gonna start a thing called the militia group it's gonna be as i just said it's gonna be a record label a zine management and booking agency and it's gonna have a star for a logo and he's like okay the next day I went in, I gave my notice and they convinced me to stay for a month while I taught Zach how to do my job. Uh -huh. And really what that was is uh, a month for me to learn how to juggle while Zach did my job. So I learned how to juggle while Zach did my job. And then I moved down and didn't have there a place go. to stay. Stayed with uh, Jessica Fife and Natalie from Halo Friendlies. Uh, just was yeah. like, hey, can I crash at your place? And I never left. And then all of a sudden, <laughs> Dale Yob moved in. Uh -huh. I convinced Zach to come down. Uh -huh. Zach quit his job. Uh, Scott Saletta lived with us. So it was like us four dudes and these two girls. And oh, is this the Huntington Beach apartment? 
Yeah, yeah. Okay, so, yeah. That was a good time. It was a great time. What? How did you come up with the name The Militia Group for your stuff? I have no idea. It's obviously a terrible name in this time of day. <laughs> oh, I never thought about that. I, I mean, yeah. okay, we'll call it, you know, I don't know, but, but yeah. you know, whatever. I don't know. It, okay, it was, we, don't it was, talk, we don't have to talk about that. Just kidding. I just love the idea of, I'm always about community, you know, and I love the mm-hmm. idea of a bunch of punk rock kids, you know, or people who, you know, were told, and I felt like I was told like this repeatedly, like, you need to change or you won't amount to anything. And I was like, well, screw you. I'm going to do something, you know, and kind of a, a band of brothers, a band of like, a community together just to be like, no, we can do this. Let's mm-hmm. do this. Um, so that's what it kind of, you know, that was the heart of it. Yeah. <laughs> when, yeah. We, when we did fly under the militia group, if we bought tickets under the militia group, I remember getting stopped and like, you know, asked, you know, uh, you know, in the airport, like, hey, can you come with me? We have a few extra questions. I'm yeah. Like, explain yourself. Because, yeah. Explain yourself. I'm like, I'm just some punk rock kid that just wants to fly to New York. Just let me on the <laughs> so, what do you do? I'm like, I put out records by punk rock bands. All right, cool. You're good. Yeah. So, yeah. That's, that's, uh, those were good times. And then, so, so, booking first or records first and then booking what was it it was management and booking so mm-hmm. i mean one of the first tours was i mean we i it surprises me that some of you all still talk to me and zach <laughs> <laughs> because some of those tours i mean i look back i still have yeah. some of the posters i'm like yeah whoa that routing was awful or like i go back like they got paid like 50 bucks like it's insane what we did as kids and it's insane that our parents being a dad now like Hey, just go ahead. Go here. Here's a map. Go find it. Here's a van. It's like yeah. 500 bucks. It might break down. Just call us if it does. Yeah, exactly. But like, yeah, I it's, a, one it's of the, the story first, of the nineties. Yeah. Yeah. One of the first tours was the defeat the dark side tour. You know, oh, yeah. I remember you guys and then 238 actually bought onto that tour. Oh, really? We were just, we had no idea who they were. You know, you guys uh, were like, sure. If they'll pay us money. They paid, I think like 500 bucks or they made the posters. Oh, yeah. okay. You know what? I never knew that. <laughs> yeah. And so that's how they got on the tour. Like Chad Johnson was like, Hey, dog was going on tour. I have this band. I need to get them on tour. And I was like, well, what are you, what are you going to do for it? He's like, well, how about I make posters or something? I was like, cool, let's do it. And so thus blossomed the friendship. And that it's cool to see years later, yeah. you know, Sean 238, like, you know, just all you guys. Yeah. Just, yeah. Everything you guys think, you, you know wouldn't what? think it would work, but it totally worked. You know, it totally so. worked. And thank God that that happened because, um, uh and it you know on paper it doesn't seem like a good pairing i guess no. 238 no. but but at the same time i listen to their records and i'm like this is like this is like powerful music even though it's like you know at the time it was that emo for coming out of oh, yeah. southeastern states but and also like we've lost them a really good relationship with chad and all the you know the take hold roster yeah for those of you that don't know that was under oath's original label or um, yeah. so when they were under oath version one um yeah the operation but, which then turned into me without you me without yeah so and all those like all, we developed so many good relationships because of that i think because of that tour because then we stayed at chad's house and you know booked all the southern states and stuff like that but so that was cool and it worked and you know and craig's brother was on the tour so like yeah sometimes the routing wasn't as big of a pain in the butt because you were with you know the the band we really clicked with those bands you know yeah um but yeah but then i i, I wanted to ask on a booking side how did you get us to Alaska? Because <laughs> that was, no, no, because it was hard to, in those days, like a lot of bands didn't go there. 
um, at least not on tour from from uh, a lot of Washington. bands didn't yeah didn't drive there. Drive there I got yeah. two I got two bands to drive to Alaska. Mm -hmm. So one, yeah. thank you for the trust that you had in me. I, I, maybe it was unfounded, <laughs> but to, for you to trust some dude named Chad, hey, go to Alaska. You'll be paid money. I promise. Thanks, and then Chad. To be chased, then to be chased by a moose. I mean, that's just ice. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh huh. Yeah. <laughs> Which I wish. Do you, do you, does Evan still have that video? Because Evan video has the videos classic. floating around somewhere. Um, oh, Sean, Sean definitely has some pictures. The the, yeah. the moose one pops up every once in a while. Um, <laughs> Fantastic. Um, the video, if, if you're ever able to get it, I mean that's that's gold. But yeah, I think there is just a a church. I think probably called us and said, "Hey, we want Dogwood to come up and play a show." And I think we looked at it and said, well, dude, if they'll pay us like two grand, we'll do it. You know, and then it was like, <laughs> and then undecided was like, yeah, if they pay us money too. So I was like, all right, you guys are going to Alaska. And oh my gosh, just like I that. Don't know, yeah. I don't know if you guys know this, but they also agreed to fly, fly on an airplane, uh -huh. Dorian and I up to Alaska to meet y'all. But no, the last I didn't minute, know that. last minute they pulled because they didn't sell enough tickets. So <laughs> I didn't go. Yeah. To, that was my one chance to go to Alaska. But how awesome would it have been for me to fly there and meet you guys? And you guys would be like, "Wait, what? We drove up here?" Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Hey, why didn't you just drive with us? <laughs> I would have. That would have been fun. But I don't how know crazy is it that would have worked all the way up there? I know exactly. Yeah. We stayed there for at least a week and a half or two weeks yeah, in in one family, I mean, one one house. Yeah, but you know, we still talk about those memories all the time. And then, of course, touring across Canada. Um, which was cool too. Like, so good, yeah. you know, it, I think it was pretty actually, actually either naive or uh, ballsy of you to just book that um, just to book a book, the tour from, we left from Spokane, Washington, I think. Yeah. yeah. 60 hour drive altogether to get to the shows. I think that's where we met um, Dewey Halpas um, was up there. One of the bands, uh, I think, and I think he was on Scott Saleta's label at the time. Oh, wow um when scott had started a small uh, vanishing point yeah um <clears throat> he had like three or four bands or something like that and one of the bands was in anchorage i, I believe okay uh dewey correct me if i'm wrong but um yeah so bloss blossoming relationships because of these weird tours um it was just a fun time you know everyone's young single um like I, I what i mean by that is we didn't have as much responsibilities at home um yes you're like my wife's listening i was not single at that time <laughs> <laughs> i mean single in the sense of uh no no kids no responsibilities yeah. single, but, um, i mean sean was single yes well, sean, sean was, was definitely single. yeah um but yeah and then so you so you went from booking bands and then what was what was the next step in your illustrious career the booking i mean it was booking and management and and that kind of it, it's what happens is when you have traction all of a sudden bands go wait i can do this myself which you totally can't you know and then there is that that rub um slick shoes manager at the time um won't get into it but we had disagreements uh -huh. uh, and arguments and i was i was just like i i don't want to deal with this i want slick shoes to be my friends i'm out um and i think it, mm. they ended badly with their manager eventually too but that that was that was sad for me and i think at the same time jason was like hey i'm just going to start booking the band uh tours i was like cool like it was just it, it just seemed natural um from from our band yeah oh, uh, oh. <laughs> jason's like hey and jason's fully capable of doing it you know like yeah. why pay me yeah. a percentage um so that 
be, you know, came the natural selection of I went to Jersey to hang out with Element 101. Yep. Uh-huh. For a long time, and like kind of go on the road with them, book tours, and I was going to yeah. actually move to Jersey. And around <laughs> that idea was when I met Rory, and you know, Rory was just like, "Hey, why don't you start a label?" And it's like, "I'm a missionary kid. Like, I have five dollars in my pocket. Um, I book bands like Dogwood and Slick Shoes, and I get paid, you know, five bucks. You know, so <laughs> I don't. You're have welcome. Money. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I survived. Um, I don't have money. He's like, "Well, I have access to money. My parents will co-sign a loan." let's start talking. So we talked, you know, a good amount. Mm-hmm. We talked about bands that we signed or we would love to sign. We both love the band called Rufio. Um, Rufio yeah. had a bass player. Um, I forgot the bass player's name. I can see his face, John Barry, um, who was in that band, uh, Sick of Change. Uh, oh, yeah. To. Yeah, yeah. And so that was a connection there. Rory met them, loved them. Uh, there's another band called the Lindsay Diaries, which was our good friend, Scott Windsor, who, uh, long story short, you know, created this band called Lindsay Dyer's to send an acoustic guitar. I was like, we could put that out. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had worked with a band called Fed by Ravens, who became Tor Tor Torrance. Ah. Like, hey, they have a new band called Tor. We could put that out. And so we just like, all right, well, let's do it. So we went to um, Victory. Rec- uh, no, not Victory. Wow. Rewind. Revelation Uh-oh. Records. Oh. Um, <laughs> we went to Revelation Records. That's a little different. Yeah, it's a little different. <laughs> a lot more respect. Uh, but we went there and there's a lady named there, a lady named Becca there and said, hey, we were like, hey, let's, let's, <laughs> why don't you guys distro us? And she was like, hey, I won't distro you guys um, unless you sell X amount of records. And we're like, oh, we'll, we'll, we'll do that, of course. Uh-huh. Um, and luckily, there was a guy named Andrew Rizek, uh, who was in that band Focused. He worked there. Um, and John Halpern, uh, who booked a chain reaction, they knew Becca and she was talking, they're like, dude, I'll vouch for Chad. Every show he does at Chain Reaction sells out. He has everything. It'll be fine. And so yeah. she's like, all right, let's sign up. So I think we we're hoping to sell like 500 records total of Rufio. And I think in the first week it did like 1,500, you know. Um, yeah, they were so hot. Yeah, they were very hot. So that's kind of how we got started. We that's got what? A, that's we Scott got a Sellers, loan. right? Scott Sellers? Yeah. 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 And we got a loan from a bank for like 50 grand. And that's how we kind of bankrolled everything. Okay. Um, and masters in our house signed you know then we signed noise ratchet a band called veronica beautiful mistake eventually you know and just started rolling from there rad that's yeah. awesome yeah shout out to josh hadquist again he, he can't you can't escape can't quit. his you can't get his name off your lips in any any podcast among <laughs> just can't just can't quit him he can't quit him yeah i started every single band in california um uh so okay okay so militia group you know does what it does, gain popularity. Eventually, you yeah. are not at Militia Group Records anymore. Yeah. It was not, wait, it was never called Militia Group Records ever. Right? Yeah, just the Militia Group. Yeah. The Militia Group, period. And then um, from there, P is for Panda with, with, the, with the wife. Yeah, so my wife and I, Candy, we wanted to. Hi, Candy. Start a, yeah, she says hi, by the way. Um, <laughs> I was like, can I go talk to my friend Josh? She's like, yeah. <laughs> Which Josh? Pequist. No, I mean Kimball. Yeah. Um, yeah. Side side note, I met I met her, I think in Marietta, Georgia. Um, yeah, Marietta. At, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Uh, we went to the Williams skate place. And the skate place. Yeah. Um, yeah. It was a skate shop, maybe with. Uh, yeah. A, we played there, but ramp in but, the background. Yeah. Another thing I remember is, I still have matchbooks. I went. We went to Williamson Brothers Barbecue. Oh, okay. Um, I don't know if it's still there or not, but the the food was mm-hmm. really good. 
and I got, they gave me all the matchbooks I wanted. I was, I was collecting matchbooks on the tour. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, those, I just remember that. So I met Candy there. It was a rad venue, Williamson barbecue, Williamson brothers barbecue. I don't know if it's still there, but still yeah. here. So, yeah. so yeah. I told her, I said, you know what? You should marry Chad. <laughs> I mean, thank you. I owe you some money. Um, yeah, it's been, I think it will be 17 years this year. You better find out. <laughs> you can edit this part out now yeah um, exactly but we yeah we were like let's just move rory and i we're two separate individuals um yeah which is totally fine and it just kind of went its natural way of like hey i just stood up and said hey it's time for me to go time for me to leave um i've gone through some really heartbreaking things with the band you know with some of the bands copeland being one of them where like all my bands that i was overseeing were starting to either uh, break up move on not want to be on the label and i was just like uh heartbreaking mm-hmm. and we wanted to start a family and we had no family in california so it was like let's move back my candy is a twin uh really close to her twin sister and it just made sense so mm-hmm. i went to rory and just said hey i want to move on so we worked out you know deal that's a whole nother podcast but um, <laughs> yeah yeah worked out and so we moved to georgia convinced a, a family brian and leah manley to move out with us um mm-hmm. and we all lived in the same house for a while and it was awesome um started ps for panda primarily as just like kind of a clothing company at first oh um and the whole process and this you'll see this tie in in a, a little bit if you keep digging i feel like i'm talking about myself a lot um but <laughs> I always thought it was odd that band, like designers who designed a shirt, they get paid one fee and that's it. Um, and then, you know, the Hurley or the Paul Frank or the whoever would sell the shirts and they make just all their income off the shirts with no back end for the artist who designs the shirt. So yeah. I was like, hey, let's do something different. Let's split the profits and do a third. I'll take a third. The artist will take a third. And artist, why don't you choose a charity of your choice? to donate nice. a third of the profit to. I love that. Um, so we did that. And it, it, for, for some odd reason, it worked really well for, for a while. Um, there's that company called ModCloth, who's now mm-hmm. humongous, but they were a huge com- uh, client of mine at one point of just ordering peas for Panda shirts all the time. Yeah. Um, it, was, it was cool. But then eventually it morphed into a label, Hopeless Records, Lewis Pose, and shout out to him. Um, said, hey, let, why don't you start a label again? there was issues with my previous label and, and the partnership there. So once that was worked out, I was like, yeah, let's do it. So um, started label with the punk rock label, but it was more indie singer songwriters. So it was uh-huh. kind of a, a weird mix um, and signing artists that no one had a clue who they were, you know? And I think yeah. the hope was that I would be signing like a Copeland, you know? Um, and I signed, you know, Copeland back when they were doing a split with Pacifico, you know, like, so no one knew of the band, uh-huh. you know, yeah. so it's like, first week comes out, it didn't really do much, it did more than I thought for this particular artist who's still phenomenal, but that's when I got a call from Hopeless then and said, hey, we gotta, we gotta stop spending all this money, uh, let's re, let's rethink how we're doing things, let's reshape how, how this deal is going forward, and that really hindered a lot of movement and a lot of traction. Um, so after three years, it was just, it was time, you know, so I had a three-year agreement with them and they funded everything. They paid me, you know, like 20 grand a year to keep it running. And that's what I was doing. Um, mm-hmm. 
and yeah, I'm still really proud of the artists that I was able to work yeah. with. I'm still really good friends with a lot of them. That was Andy, um, Andy Z. Z uh, yeah, there's Zip, Damien Zap. Sumi. There's Andy Schaff, who, if you haven't heard Andy Schaff lately, he is phenomenal. He's still yeah. going. And he's Damien is too. Left and right. Damien Sumi is not, he's still going, but he's, you know, he's playing at uh, Irish pubs. Uh, Andy Zip, Loris Vidal, Mike Dunn. Mike Dunn's a phenomenal photographer now. Uh, a band called Brandon Clark and the American Standards. Uh, Standard. I called them American or Brandon Clark and the toilets because that's the brand of toilet. The brand, yeah, yeah. Um, the urinals. <laughs> yeah, um, I'm still I still talk to Brandon to this day. Um, nice. He's a he's a really good friend. Uh, fantastic songwriter. Got him on the Voice. Um, they denied him, but he was still on the Voice. <laughs> but yeah, a lot of great bands. Gasoline Heart, I think. Um, Lou. Their record. Yeah, the record that they put out. It's still such a great record um never been yeah. worse never been better one of those never been, it's never sounded better wait so yeah, at it's, what it's point one of those, yeah it's so good it's really good yeah well lou lou was always has always been a good you know fun fun musician fun bands uh are good you know amazing good, songwriter yeah i think all the way back to what to like 10 tenderfoot was that or like uh dear ephesus mm -hmm. like that was kind of, yeah um at what point in this this timeline where, where did you where are your kids coming into play here where when did you have kids uh well cliffy's 11 so 11 years ago um okay <laughs> it was probably it was probably around the tail I, end well i mean of, i didn't mean how i guess yeah. i didn't mean how old are the kids i meant like you know when was it like uh oh yeah or, well or, we, we, or... we um it was during the middle i would say of ps for panda probably like you know span ps for panda lasted as a label for three years so probably around year one and a half is when we okay. really started we wanted to start a family off with adoption so um, we went through the adoption process and during that time i had the label um and that was yeah that was during ps for panda so they won't they don't remember that <laughs> that part right but then right. you know because clementine my middle child was actually born on my I think it was my first day of uh, Zach Brown band. I went to yeah. lunch and I came back and said, "Hey, my wife just went to labor. Can I leave?" <laughs> so <laughs> they're like, "Why are you uh, here?" <laughs> yeah, they they knew. Um, they were they were all familiar. So I think I had a two two day paternal leave and then came back <laughs> to work. Mm -hmm. So, um, but yeah, that that's that's when. But we started a family with the uh, adoption. Adopted our son from Ethiopia. Three kids: Cliffy, Clementine, and Clover. Did you did, did you do did you do the whole process of um, like due diligent flights to eat you know did you fly to Ethiopia and and oh, yeah. you know meet people out awesome. there and yeah yeah, yeah. 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 I have a lot of friends who who are in the adoptive community and um, they 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 fly to you know pr their prospective countries and get to either live there for a while or um, to meet with you know families and other other children yeah. and stuff like that but um, it's been a, it's it's always such a beautiful story there, there's been some there's some rough patches when they have to like fight governments and stuff like that but um yeah but, luckily uh, we were have... able to sign a power of attorney and so mm -hmm. when we actually flew over there that was a part of the time where we you know were there to pick up our child and bring him back you know okay uh, to, yeah to the states so nice. after that they changed the rules because it, it it really is you know uh th there's a lot of corruption in the adoption process yeah um, that's what a I've lot of things learned should yeah so as we've learned it's like oh okay you know so um but yeah it's 
in 2010, I believe we went over there and it was right around Easter and it was just a phenomenal time, an emotional time too. The first thing oh, my I son, you know, face to face on an Easter, you know, and that was, that was awesome. That's, that's, all, yeah. that's very symbolic and meaningful, right? Like um, it is, it, it put a different perspective on Easter and just with, you know, my faith involved, understanding what, um, yeah. you know, Jesus sacrificed, you know, not to get spiritual on that end, but like with my faith, like understanding what that meant, understanding the story yeah. of Abraham and Isaac and just like, whoa okay new meaning to that so definitely easter is a is is an emotional time that's that's a that's a beautiful story um of of that whole uh, process is there a big adoptive and fostering community in atlanta area yeah i mean my wife was a um there was a group called uh, creative for care man i just almost butchered that it's been a while <laughs> uh, but creative for care um and there was a bunch of adopted moms, you know, like they had a retreat for them. And, and so she was really heavily involved And there's, she went in and, and really has gone after just, you know, a lot of stuff, learning a lot of stuff about adoption, about, you know, how it affects the brain, the developmental aspect, the mental aspect, just everything. So there's, there's a great community around here. There's a great Ethiopian community around here, a great Ethiopian restaurants. I got to come um, visit. We just had a family move here from Austin. And their son is about Cliffy's age from Ethiopia as well. And there's a connection there. Uh, so awesome. Yeah. So it's, it's really cool. You know, um, I love the food also. Yeah. Um, food is so good. <laughs> but, um, so my son is yet to like it. I'm like, no, you have to like this. And he's like, can I get some mac and cheese? <laughs> no. <laughs> sure. Have some mac and cheese and some, some peri peri or something. You know? put, put some, put some mac and cheese in the injera. And then we can go over there. <laughs> um, that's awesome. So, wow. That's, I mean, yeah, I, I mean, I don't want to go off on too many tangents, I guess, about the, all that, but it sounds like we have to have like part three and part four of all these conversations now that now that we're bringing up all this cool stories. But um, and then all of a sudden you end up in hip hop, <laughs> all this to end up in hip hop, um, yeah, you know, punk, punk, rock hip -hop, kid, yeah. punk rock <laughs> yeah. kid, drumming, you know, tooth and nail, militia, all the P.S. for Panda, uh, country Country. Zach Brown. Yeah. Zach Brown's country, right? Alt country, country. I don't know. Oh man, he's um, he's so country. Okay, super country. And then you're with Lecrae, Andy, like all those guys. So like, um, how how did that work out? How did that? How did you even get to that? Man, that I mean, as I said, I got fired from uh, mm -hmm. Zach Brown band. I didn't mean to bring that part up. I meant like, <laughs> man. Yeah. So if if this is not on on video, you can't see the tears that are coming out of my yeah, eyes. Yeah, he's just um, like all tears right now. Yeah, I'm snot nose crying. No, it was it was honestly like I had. It's a funny story. Um, my yeah. parents were coming coming back from Papua New Guinea uh, as missionaries for the first time to to meet Cliffy to meet Clement. Like, and we're about to have our second child. Um, Wait, or we hold just on had Clementine. Sorry, have your parents always been in Papua New Guinea since like forever? Like they never came back? They they would come back for like furlough, so like weeks, years at a time, and then go back. So they when I graduated oh, okay. high school, they went back to New Zealand for two years, then they came back for a year, then they went back to Papua New Guinea. Okay. So uh, once we started having grandkids, they're like, oh, we gotta stop doing that. So um, <laughs> yeah. They were coming Figure back in. and they were gonna meet Cliffy for the first time and Clementine mm -hmm. for the first time. Mm -hmm. Um and I was about to go to my boss at Southern Ground, which is Zach's label, and go, hey, can I have a sabbatical, like two-week vacation just to hang out with my parents? 
well at that same time they told me just to take a hike so it, it kind of worked oh. out but All right. the way uh, the way i looked at unemployment was i have to apply <laughs> for a job uh, two jobs a day to kind of keep my unemployment going that was something i put on myself it's not uh, you know a government thing oh. so i just started applying for jobs everywhere and start asking people i need a job i need a job um and I, I have a button maker and I would make buttons for people, one inch buttons. Heck and yeah, I you delivered, do. I delivered a set of buttons to a woman named Erin Eddy, who has a company called So Worth Loving. Uh, she just wrote a book uh, called okay. So Worth Loving. It's a great organization. She does wonderful stuff. I'm a huge fan of what she does. But she was like, have you heard of Reach Records? I was like, I have no idea what you're talking about. Have you heard of Lecrae? No idea what you're talking about. And she said, well, they're looking for like someone to run their label. Um, I was like, cool. Well, that's me. Um, and she told me to hit up somebody that I knew uh, that did all their finances and he would put me in contact with them. So I did. And I sent that and literally sent the email and I went to go walk up the stairs and my phone rang, which I left by the computer. And mm -hmm. when I picked up, it would be my boss, you know, and he was basically, wait, what are you doing in Atlanta? Because my resume didn't really, it's like, why are you not in Nashville, LA or New York? Oh. like uh because i live here uh, so we met and uh he just uh, we hit it off and he you know then just did kind of a a check jim worthen over at tooth and nail gave me the thumbs up so i owed jim a little bit of money um but yeah i got brought in and that was why did why did jim have to give you money for that no, yeah. I had to, I have to give Jim money because he vouched for me. You know. So oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We we so all owe Jim was, some money, probably. Yeah. I, I probably I probably owe him a few dollars, you know. Like. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, yeah, he vouched for me, and then I, I got in there, and I had no idea. But eventually, I learned really quickly. It was basically just the the hip hop version of Tooth and Nail. So it's like the same problems that Tooth and Nail had. You know, like well, is it punk rock or is it Christian? Where do we fit? You know, it was like with, is it hip hop or is it Christian or is it gospel? There's another third one that lived no, there. So yeah, it's like that, yeah. dealing with that. And it's like, you know what? Screw you all. We're just going to go make our own lane. And that's, that was exciting for me. So mm -hmm. um, I, I just love that pedigree. And I was, I was able just to, to thrive in that environment and have yeah. amazing uh, bosses, amazing teammates. And just, I mean, it, it was incredible that what we were able to do and, I yeah. still look back and I still have nothing but so much love and respect for everyone who's there. You know, it's, it's for sure. incredible. They're all, so. they're all, they're all really good artists on that label. Um, yeah. And how, how big was that label already when you started? Um, Cause they're, um, they're still doing pretty well. The first, yeah. I mean, they, they were doing well. The first release I worked um, was Triple E, The Good Life. So that was a lot. So they had, they were on the, you know, they were on the mountain you know, they still hadn't peaked yet. So, okay. um, and I was help, able to put the connections, you know, they had a very specific Christian base and I was able to connect the, them to more of the more general market base. Okay. Yeah. To like, you know, do a distro deal with red and kind of start connecting those dots. Mm -hmm. um, and that's what helped us, you know, excel even further. So, yeah, it was just, it was the right time. Perfect storm of everything, you know, so. And yeah, maybe it was, it was awesome maybe you could, yeah maybe you can help answer the you know the age old question or or at least partially answer it. But like, I know Militia Group wasn't like Christian market gospel. Like it would never get categorized as that. But you know, I knew a lot of the people on the label on the bands on the label were you know my friends from church and stuff like that. But like the label itself was like it was definitely I mean not adamantly not that. But it was what what is the 
problem per se with you know the getting the label getting that label stuck on you as far as like like for example tooth and nail is never going to be able to get out dogwood may or may not be ever be able to be not labeled you know christian man christian punk man yeah yeah um no matter what the music and then if you do anything bad or you know that's wrong in the christian's eyes or whatever it's like oh you know um so i guess the question i don't know i don't know if it's like was probably conscious effort to to not do that but like how you know how are there still like there's definitely labels that say this is definitely a christian label there's no question about it you know yeah. but, um i know guys like lecrae are always like you know i didn't i didn't get love at the grammys because they just know that they think i'm a gospel artist and i'm not gonna get the credit that i may or may not deserve as an artist a gen, an artist just the word artist not the yeah. gospel artist so yeah. uh what i guess it was probably never a problem for militia but did people know that when you once you went to reach did you did they experience all the same problems all the time as like say tooth nail or um, oh yeah i mean you have to be very careful about what you say and that's Mm -hmm. That's what I learned at Tooth and Nail, and then when I started Militia Group, very intentional of having our first release have a cuss word on it. You know, it's like <laughs> I don't want to be pegged to this. So please, Rufio, call your song "Dipshit." You know, like please, because I don't want to have that tag or people go, "Hey, I want Chad's new label." You know, yeah, I didn't want any of that. You know, and there was no intentionality of mm -hmm. Christian market. And yeah, we got people going, "Hey, will you go into the Christian market?" We're just like, no, we just don't fit there. And I think me touring with bands because that that was one thing too really listening to bands and touring with bands like roadside monument at first like they would be playing at churches and it just did not fit mm -hmm. um mm -hmm. going on tour with dogwood you know uh, going on tour with slick shoes and just being like this is just weird like playing churches like they should be playing real venues and so mm -hmm. we kind of switched that up at militia group as a booking agent we would there was a method to the madness we need money. Let's go play a church show. <laughs> the rest of the time, we'll play venues. All right, church show, that will make us go, you know, it'll give us enough money to get to the next Friday. Give us enough money to the next Friday. But in between, there'd be general market venues. Okay. You know, and knowing that like, all right, well, we can count on Matt Aragon to pay us really well and to put on a really good show. <laughs> but we'll play Albuquerque in between at a venue. Thanks, and Matt. Five people will show up. Yeah. <laughs> so there was definitely the you know that mentality and i think i learned from that like i'm just a fan of being real like you know like sure. i want i want to see the real struggles that's that's when you get real emotion that's when you connect with people um and, and so yeah and i think that's the struggle and i think with with lecrae what i loved about him um was you can see kind of his journey and like where he was like Definitely. I came in after, if anyone's familiar with his catalog, he had that, a record called Rehab, uh -huh. which was really focused on, I want to get into the Christian market. Um, I don't think it's that great of a record, but it's probably one of his best, you know, sales-wise. Then he came out with a record called Gravity, which was really on the other spectrum of, I want to be known as an artist. But then it was like, hey, just be yourself, like encouraging him to be himself, like embrace all of that embrace the gospel side embrace the hip-hop side embrace the christian side just encompass everything be real to yourself and that's the one he's had the most success with uh -huh. um maybe not anymore i don't have access to all the numbers but that's the one that elevated him to the next level is when he was actually real you know people love that but yeah and you know you just there's that connection but once you be real you're kind of shunned because people want to control what people hear and that's why 
um, you know, or what your kids will hear and, you know, yada, yada, yada. So I get that, but it's just not, you know, if it's my own company, I don't want to be that way. I don't want to cater towards right. one set of people because my friend group is not just Christians, you know. For sure. Um, That's the same way I am now but, with my music with, with yeah. St. Didicus because, you know, when Dogwood started, we were, we were, we came out of youth group. We were, that's who we were. Oh, yeah. I mean, and, yeah. and I'm not saying that we are not those people, but we're not, um, you know, the, the, like you said, a lot of, you have a friends from everywhere now. So you learn yeah. that there's, there's not just, there's not one religion. There's not one group of people in the world. There's like 10 billion people to talk to. And, you know, yeah. I don't know. I think, I think as we mature, we learn that, you know, we are not the best, you're, you're not, we're not the top of the food chain necessarily or whatever. It's like, we're yeah. just a piece we're just a piece of the puzzle like everybody else baby yeah <laughs> you know i just want to have friends and and treat everyone with love and respect and fight we're just people, chads you know. and we're just joshes yeah. right yeah yeah um so you're so you were at reach for what a good well almost almost three years it was so? a good uh six or seven years i think longer i meant that. six i meant six yeah just, <laughs> my just math double, is way off just double yeah. no my math i'm not so good at math today but um yeah and then I know you didn't, but that's where you, and then from there you went to refuge and then, yeah. you know, now what you're doing something awesome now. Like how do you, how'd you land this awesome new thing? Yeah. I mean, again, it's all intertwined with a, a faith kind of story and a, and a faith uh -huh. that, you know, God is going to take care of me. Um, and, and seeing, looking back and seeing everything, it's like, oh, it's obviously for me, I believe there's a creator and someone created me and he has, you know, uh, he has a plan for me, you know, mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. I just need to trust in that. And would I ever expect to be where I'm at now? There's no way in hell someone told me a year ago I'd have a label. I'd just laugh at them. Um, <laughs> yeah. And there's no way in hell that someone would tell me that I would be the um, VP of operations for rivals. Like that just what, you know, like. They're yeah. in Tampa. I'm not here. You know, I'm in Atlanta. There's no way I'm moving to Tampa. But it's just why the, not the person, the person <laughs> running. The, the funny thing is, the person who owns Rivals is a guy named Nate Murray. Nate Murray has been a great friend um, for a really long time, even going back to the Militia Group. If there's the first e-commerce store at Militia Group was run by Nate Murray. Oh. Um, and I met Nate Murray through a guy on Decapolis. Shout out to Decapolis, where we met a lot of people. Hey, Reed. You yeah. remember Reed? Do you know that name? I remember Reed. I remember. I remember a lot of people yeah. from Decapolis, actually. Yeah. yeah. So Reed hooked us up with this guy named Nate. So he ran our web store. Well, now you know, twenty whatever years later, and Nate still has this company. Um, Nate awesome. actually, Merchline actually. Um, we left Merchline and it was rocky. And I remember a conversation with Nate and it's probably one of the few people that I remember both of us cussing each other out on the phone. That was how it ended. <laughs> Year, years, years later, I start to work at this label called Reach and my boss goes, hey, you're going to be in charge of like uh, dealing with our e-commerce platform. I'm like, cool, got it. It's like, oh, it's a company called Merchline. I was like, oh no. <laughs> <laughs> so the first conversation was like bro i am so sorry it's like oh water on the bridge we're good um oh, there you go nice nice yeah so i mean we had a great relationship there's a guy named tim mcteague there as well who's in that band under oath uh -huh. and we just kind of cultivated a relationship and you know we talked about faith we talked about art we talked about everything and just kind of i'm obsessed with business books uh, if you 
our small business owner for disciplines of execution is a fantastic book but we just talk about business ideas and what are we doing to implement and about the same time that i got let go from north point that's when they called it's like man we're having a great year and i'm i need someone to help shape who we are as an organization there you go what should i do and i was like yeah hi I'm Chad and I'm looking for a job. <laughs> you know, so what should I do? And you're yeah. like, hire me. Uh, yeah, that's like, cool. uh, that's really cool. I have an idea. Hire me. Yeah. You know, yeah, so yeah. it just it worked out and able to allow me time to cultivate this idea that is Himalayan records, which is my new, you know, my thing of going, hey, especially with COVID being a real thing. It is uh -huh. a real thing. Um, I had it. I had it. Oh wow. But it's a you the know whole family. Uh, the oh, i'm sorry to hear that there's really i have no Thanks, urgency <laughs> yeah it's all my fault i didn't have the urgent you know there's no urgency to like we gotta make this big pump a ton of money into it right. you know so it's like hey let's just be patient and cultivate and see where it goes if it works cool if not you know no big deal and that's where i said the tie-in comes uh with himalayan records i really if i was consulting a label which i do i would tell them not to do this deal you know, the deal that I'm giving all the artists. So <laughs> it's, you know, I want them to win. So we're splitting the profit, you know, and the profit is majority on their side, you know, and if we do a threshold, then the profit again goes the majority to their side. I don't own any publishing. Um, and then what I'm doing on the back end too is I, out of my percentage, uh, I'll get different partners to help me out. So there'll be someone who mixes it and I'll give him a percentage of my percentage. So, and a hefty, not like a two point, like, hey, I'll give you a quarter what I'm gonna make. The video guy, I'll give him a quarter what I'm gonna make. So we kind of split that pie. And so they have ownership into those masters. Um, so for example, best, best case scenario for some band to come into yeah. your label, uh, they spend, you know, let's say $2, perfect world they spend two dollars on recording and they they make four dollars in the, at the stores or whatever uh the, what's i mean i mean because as an artist that sounds like as an artist that sounds really good to me like the way yeah. your model works um why hasn't it why hasn't that been done before is it because the record label model is set out to make money for the record labels and not the artists or is there a, is there a symbiotic relationship between the artist and the label well, th or there should be, I think artists are getting smarter, you know, um, back in the day, you could just send a contract and, you know, your youth group kids would sign it, you know, and then you're stuck in your deal forever, which is, you know, you sign the deal, you have to honor the deal. But I think as, as people got older and information got easier to obtain, it's like, oh, and it got easier to record and easier to get into a studio to record. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, like Big Fish, was it Big Fish? I forget what's the studio down there. Um, I mean, that's where we we did a record there. Um, yeah. yeah, in San Diego. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but it's it, it's it was hard to get in there. Bands didn't know how to call up and you know, yeah, they have a band and oh, it's ten grand. Okay, my you know my minimum wage paycheck won't pay for that. Uh, we'll call right. you back. You know, so as time goes on, you can record at home. You know, and you can pay for things and you can make yeah. a really decent sound recording and now you can go direct to consumer without having stores, you know, without having to ship records out. Like you could put up a record. We could record a song right now. We could put it up on Spotify tomorrow. You know? Yeah. So it's, yeah, it's kind of like, I look at it like, well, why do you need me? You know, why would you sign <laughs> to me? You know, so yeah. it's, that, that is the honest thing. And some of the artists I'm working with, why do you need me? You know, for the, um, for the distribution and the, 
you know yeah the, so the label the label itself right? yeah so i have a partner who works on the digital marketing side they're my distribution arm and they do a lot of playlisting and they're, they're phenomenal at what they do they take a percentage so out of that percentage that's mm -hmm. left say they take you know let's use real numbers say they take 30 percent um mm -hmm. so now i'm left with 70 percent out of that 70 percent we split that up the artists will get 60 percent. i'll get 40 percent. so now from that 40 percent, i'm never going to take a portion of the artist percentage and if you're familiar with record deals like mm -hmm. usually when you give points to a producer I am. it's like oh we'll <laughs> give you you'll give you all the points in the world but they come from the artist side you yeah know, i'm like yeah i'm saying you know what no i want every artist to take home their money and if I'm going to do business with person X, well, I'm going to give them a portion of my my side. So going back to the PS with Panda model, why don't I give the guy who's mixing, who typically would get $1,500, I don't have $1,500 to pay him, but hey, why don't you be a partner in my percentage? I'll give you 25% of what I make. That leaves me with 75%. Okay, well, I need a graphic designer. Well. They get paid fifteen hundred bucks. I don't have fifteen hundred bucks, but hey, if you partner with me, I'll give you twenty five percent of this master on my side. Yeah. Okay. Well, now I have fifty percent. Well, what if I need to do a video? Well, hey, videographer, I don't have any money. You should get paid fifteen hundred bucks. <laughs> well, what if you get twenty five percent of my, you know? So now we're all equal partners in the in the forty yeah. percent share, and it, yeah, in theory it works, but it's like I have to find the right people. Some people say I don't have time. That's totally do that. I understand that time mm -hmm. is money and yeah. it's hard to be like, well, they might get a million streams. And from that, I might get paid 200 bucks. Cool. You know, but what if it does 20 million? What if it does, you know, the, the I get excited about it too, because what if there's other opportunities that this videographer might be into, you know, mm -hmm. and go, Hey, I'm doing this spot for so-and-so. Hey, I own a piece of this like master. Why don't I put that in the spot to give exactly. more exposure as opposed That's to, as yeah, opposed to getting I love that as opposed to getting just 500 bucks and forgetting about it the I graphic designer kind of stuff, yeah i mean think of the iconic band think of i mean whoever created that rolling stone logo probably got paid one time one time 100 bucks. Re reselling that over and over and over yeah. what if he was ownership in that there, there's a little bit more like check this band out check this band out hey guys check this band out so it's, you know, yeah so, it's definitely a that's yeah. definitely a symbiotic relationship for promotion yeah. and ownership and everything yeah. so you know yeah and that's what i'm that's doing too to do. like so why himalayan with, uh, why is it called himalayan himalayan great question uh when i got fired see the, the theme there well i, I was like i'm well, sorry <laughs> <laughs> i can't <laughs> your fault uh no when i got let go from the church i mean it was it was great i, I have no again no no beef with them uh, in okay. regards to my firing we'll talk about beef you know with the church and other times but in regards <laughs> to who i worked with and all that yeah that's part, part 25 yeah. yeah but secret life of walter Mitty is one of my favorite movies with uh, ben stiller it's about oh, this it's so good yeah it's about so quote big. unquote a loser who's not doing anything in his life and he's calling a dating service like what should i be doing and Basically, short of the story, if you haven't seen the movie, go watch the movie. But there's a part of the movie where Ben Stiller is climbing the Himalayan mountains and the dating service app guy calls him, who's Pat Oswald, saying, hey, what are you doing, buddy? You doing anything great lately? And he says, hey, actually, I'm climbing the Himalayan mountains right now and I got to conserve my energy. Can I call you back? That hit me going, I'm 43. Do I want to do I want to build something else with somebody else or do I want to conserve my energy and show my kids 
and put my money where my mouth is and actually start something again. Mm-hmm. So that made me rethink everything. Oh, well, okay, I'll just go get funding, which I was able to get funding, but it wasn't all the funding. I was like, eh, I don't, you know, and that's when Nate came around. I was like, oh, this is great. You know, I can do this. And it helped yeah. really shape the deal. It helped me shape the deal that I'm really proud of for the mm-hmm. artists. Cause again, I want them to win. If I make five bucks at the end of the year, awesome. As long as yeah. the artists are thriving, that's all that matters. New art coming out and you're kind of, yeah. you know, because I'm getting I'm getting my paycheck and I'm putting most of my time into my job, you know, that I get paid for, you know. Heck yeah. So are you current are you currently signing artists? Can people send demos? Uh no, because I don't really have time. And that's (laughs) (laughs) that's the one thing I'm just starting to figure out. Like, man, I have so many friends, yourself included, our friend Josh Hagquist, or you know, like uh, other friends that are just like, man. I would love to help all these people out, but how do I do this effectively with mm-hmm. care and quality? Mm-hmm. And that's what I'm running against now. Like, you know, I was like, oh crap, I just did a list last night going, I could release 18 things by August. I yeah. Like, I don't know if I should release 18 things by August. Let me let me figure out what I'm doing. Uh-huh. Yeah, that that's when it really went like, oh. Okay, yes, I do want to do all this stuff, but at the same time, what can I do? Um yeah, I got to be willing to say no to some things so I can grow this, mm-hmm. you know, and I don't have contracts, you know, I'm just like, hey, if I would rather be Josh's friend, than be your label and have you in a contract forever, yeah. you know, and be like, hey, you owe me another record, you know, like, I'd rather sit and eat a burrito with you than get another yeah. record from you. So it's like, I'd, if this is working rather, out, I'd rather sit and eat a burrito. Yeah. Uh, yeah, just if this time. isn't working out, then just go away. You know, like go do what you <laughs> want to do. You know, but let's let's still be friends. So, exactly, I like that. That's a good. That's a good model. That should be your slogan. If it's not working out, let's just be friends. <laughs> yeah. Well, the slogan is music that doesn't suck. So, that's a good slogan too. Yeah. Or based on the Secret Life of Walter Mitty, or you know. Yeah. That's good. It, so are, see well, are you, stickers. Hey, I like it. Hey, hey. Are you listening to uh, anything good, like music lies lately? Are you trying to find, are you like looking for artists? What's going on with the... I, I, it, it's funny you ask that because if you're like me, and I think you probably are, it's like you hear <laughs> something, you're like, oh man, that sounds like Jimmy World. Let's go listen to Jimmy World. Um, yeah. Oh, that sounds like so-and-so. I'll just go listen to this. So I've been really trying to listen to more music. Um, I do have a playlist on Spotify called Chad Approves. Mm-hmm. just music i think is cool oh, i'm mm-hmm. looking at it right now where is it where'd it go i follow it oh thanks for being my the second follower ever <laughs> um but yeah i mean there's stuff like the artist i signed zach paradise he's phenomenal joy i'm gonna butcher her name she is phenomenal joy ola ola dukan she's from nashville uh nigerian she's just she's phenomenal um the new Unwood Sailor is great. There's a guy named Davey who's awesome. He put out a song called Young, Black, and Free lately, but I've liked him for a couple of years since then. Julian Baker obviously is phenomenal. Um, yeah. There's th- that band, Into It, Over It. Do you ever get into them? Uh, over them. That, that's, Just kidding. <laughs> that's, that's one of the bands that I would always like listen to them and go, oh man, this just sounds like Death Cab or Christy Front Drive or, you know, like insert band. And I'd be like, I'm going to go listen to them, but I'm really trying because everything I listen to is really good. Uh, Pine Grove is another one. I only uh, listen to good music, so 
Yeah. <laughs> so so it, it sounds like it sounds like the music you're listening to is tame by by standards. Chill is that pop. Fair? Yeah. Is that fair to say? Yeah. yeah. The new rock stuff doesn't really get me unless it's idols. You know, then I'm then I can jam Dude. with it. Yeah. I mean, idols is the you know the customer. So they're the standard. Yes. Yeah, if yeah. something can knock me off my socks like idols, then for sure. But everything just kind of seems contrived. I think as I get older too, I'm like, why are you so angry? You know, like, but at the <laughs> same time, like, I want something that is like downset or something that is like that raised that propaganda that, you know, like, I feel like I was raised, my politics have come from propaganda, which is that Canadian band. There you go. But, oh, yeah. No, it's funny that you like, said. Well, good riddance because... and all that it's like man that's that's where i, I learned yeah. like people didn't like george bush i'm like wait what people <laughs> don't like george like what why like huh you know so is that is that news that you got when you were in papua new guinea no you were already in you were already here by then like when george bush yeah i mean in papua new guinea we had we had classes and we, we were taught how to read rush limbaugh books you know so ah. um okay because the missionary stuff yeah yeah um, we can dive down no that but later but i was gonna say it's funny that you brought up those two bands because I, I for some reason I'm always drawn back to those two bands. I talk about those two bands, Good Rins, Propaganda, all the time, yeah. because I feel like they're smart, good thing, good, I mean, not always, I guess, quote unquote, good things to say, but they they will open your eyes and your ears to what is actually oh, yeah. going on with things. And and they'll force you to look, learn your history and look it up for yourself. You know, yep. so, you know, I always say shout out to the to Propaganda and Good Rins. And, and of course, I was saying like, when we were talking about idols right now, there's a reason why bands, certain bands and artists like julian baker phoebe they always make the end of year lists because oh, yeah. there there's reasons why they make it's not just like oh, i like that record it's like yo everybody likes this record and here's why it's not it's not, it's okay to like something that's popular like not yeah. you know when i say everybody likes it I'll, some people will be like well now i don't like it because everyone likes it you know but yeah. but those those you keep going back to those bands but you know propaganda and good rinse they're still making music and still still excellent music you know oh, and yeah. they still have a they still got a lot to say and uh i like but yeah, the I idols do. one for sure idols will, will yeah. knock you on your feet off your feet you oh know? yeah and that's one you tell people about there's another band called blesser who's basically it's like if living sacrifice didn't have a singer it's just all like riffs <laughs> i don't my, my my boss nate murray uh turned me on to him and i've i've dm'd the dude because he's you know self-published or whatever i'm just like if you need help, if you need help, I've slid into his DM so many times, but there's nothing coming back. So, um, but he's really good. He's another heavy guy. Um, speaking of that, a, speaking of Bruce, did you ever did you ever work with with uh, Zambui or uh, Merch Manhead? Uh, I that's who I left Merch Line to go yeah. to Zambui because I knew that's what I thought. Yeah, okay. and, yeah, yeah, Billy Power, yeah. but I never worked at Zambui. So got it, got it. I I knew there was some connection to Zambui from from yeah. all that but yeah we won't we won't bring all that up i guess but <laughs> i like to tease bruce that as a like, hey, heart 12 years old seven. when i bought your uh your first album right Which, yeah uh, yeah i was 12 <laughs> so what's the last like you know we we don't have to go on too much longer but what's the last record that you bought i just bought uh fox warren was the last record and okay. before that i bought i haven't got it yet because our friend jared scott we need to meet up, but uh, Foo Fighters vinyl. Uh, nice. Which one it was, but he works out of a record store, and every once in a while, I was like, "Hey, who wants this record?" And I saw, I was like, "Me." Uh, what, so, Jared? 
Yeah. I, I just did a live like vinyl talk with him and you know, yeah. He, yeah. He failed to mention that he works at a vinyl shop. I was like, Jared. He works out <laughs> of it and it's 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 cool because yeah. Oh, he works out of there. Okay. Got yeah. it. But still, but still he's there. Um, yeah, he's there. Shout out to Jared. Pretty much all the time. Yeah. I love it. Hogs Warren is a Canadian band. It's Andy Schaff. Uh they kind of sound like Pinback fronted by Andy Schaff. So <laughs> shout out to Pinback San Diego band. Yeah. Um cool that's well, what into thoughts. it over reminds me of too is, is into it over it yeah. out of it out of it into all of it um yeah. give me some closing thoughts words of wisdom and also do you coffee or tea for you are you drinking coffee or are you drinking tea what's tea okay yeah don't answer the question yeah but what yeah. about are you uh yeah we i won't get into all the other health health and and uh those kind of specifics, but <laughs> you staying you staying healthy, wealthy, and wise there, or two of the three, one uh, of the two, one of the three. The uh, the I'm a huge fan of the mental health. Um, yep. The one thing I do for my mental health is I row every day with a, a rower, um, which is over here on land. Hydro. On land. Yeah, it's called a hydro. Yeah. It's like the Peloton, but it's it's for rowers. It uses six uh -huh. percent of your body, uh, yeah. as opposed to just the Peloton, but. I wake up at six every morning to row. That's something I do to kind of keep active. Nice. Um, so do you butt. have a morning ritual? I do. Wake up at six, go. take a dump, go, go row. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, if I miss it, it's, it's, it's a bad day, but. No, you have to have a ritual. And I'm glad that your yeah. morning dump is part of your ritual. Yes. You I'm heard it here on the family cast. Ritual. <laughs> It's some people aren't gonna, ritual. some people won't admit it i don't poop at all <laughs> yeah. i fart roses no yeah exactly. don't smell like roses yeah no if, you, if your um, farts smell like roses you got problems that's um, true but you give me some words of wisdom give, give me some wisdom oh man i don't have much wisdom well i have these things called affirmators they're called affirmators at work okay and i pull i pull a card out every day and it's kind of like a a little, you know, it's like a little, you know, kickstart for the day. You love so, your flashcards. You do love your flashcards. Man, it's, it's helpful. When you're working alone, you know, these are the only things that talk to me. But this one is a bonus <laughs> Somebody card. Somebody talk to me. Somebody call Chad. <laughs> yeah. This one's a bonus card. Here's what it says. And this Filling goes along the well. with the mental health. But it's filling the well, feeling like your brain could use a tiny jump start or medical transplant. <laughs> it might be time to take a break or go explore some completely unrelated territory for a few days. Wells can only provide so much water before they dry up, and our brains are the same way. Regardless, your brain could use a kick in the brain pants. So step away from your routine and head to the nearest museum, park, concert, don't do concerts yet, or chowder cook off. Do it now. Hurry before your boss sees you climbing out the window you know so that is that is you know you got to take care of yourself and that's something I'm, I'm trying to learn as an enneagram too um i never think of myself i always think of others you know to my okay. detriment you know the helper so, the helper i'm a happy helper do do I'm, show my, me what to do <laughs> my wife is an enneagram expert um Okay. Uh, she, in her therapy office and stuff so i've i've slowly learned all the numbers and all the wings and everything so yes yeah for those of you that are into the enneagram and uh it, if you're not it's okay but i'm a seven wing seven 
<laughs> if you know what that means, give me, hit me up. That means that you you go for the experience. You want to have fun the whole time, right? And I'm an epicure. I'm a gluttonous epicure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but which I mean, kind of rings true to. I mean, I hate to say when things are right, but um, yeah, she she's every time she shows me something, it's right. So I could see I could see you being a two. I could see you being also a three or an eight. So supposedly my wife i got her a book for christmas was it christmas i got her a book um i got her more than a book for christmas let's be honest but it was about <laughs> that and we we're trying to figure out like what's my wing am i really a two because maybe sometimes i'm this and i think we figured out maybe it was a wing i have no idea i have to go I back don't, and read it no I, I don't know much about like, it but like oh. i hear about it all the time in her conversations yeah. but yeah i think uh i think i think flashcards those kind of affirmations uh, are good for you from what i know of you um so that sounds like a good thing i'll, I'll have to remember yeah. that if I, if I need to get you a present i'll, I'll look for some flashcards <laughs> flashcards or, or coffee or anything from a black owned business black so. owned business yeah yes. black owned business flashcards yeah I'll, I'll try to i'll try to put all that together <laughs> i want to i want to end telling a story that i remember and this is okay this is the moment that i fell in love with dogwood as the whole uh -oh. minus russ i would say minus russ um <laughs> I don't know if you remember, but there is we we're in the mountains uh, somewhere. The the grapevine, I think it was. Is that what it's called? It's been so long. Oh, oh yeah, the freeway, the five uh, up by Bakersfield. Yeah. yeah, and we got stuck like in the middle of the night going to a, a concert. Uh, oh yeah, the uh -huh. band broke down. Totally the first that. thing was that we had to wake Sean up, and Sean got his jacket and swapped it open, but there was the hi hat clutch thing, uh -huh. and it went straight into his forehead. <laughs> and he was so mad and we were all just dying laughing russ got a guitar and while jason is calling the tow truck trying to figure things out you were kind of irate sean is still crying because he's bloody mess like someone just hit him in the forehead and yeah. i'm going like i i've never really hung out with these dudes like this you know and they're very christian and there's russ singing kumbaya with the guitar over like he was literally singing kumbaya and what I remember is you turning to Russ and you going, shut the up right now. And I was like, I love this band. So that's always, that's my, my remembering of bonding with y'all. I was like, oh, okay, this is real. This is awesome. I, so I'm, I'm glad you told me that story. Cause I couldn't, I was trying to tell my kids if I, I, I couldn't remember times when I had gotten mad or lashed out at people or whatever, but like, I guess oh, in those times of, in those times, uh, it was I, 3 a.m. in the morning. Everyone just so tired. And it's like, sure, yeah. all we wanted to do was show up at this hotel. Yeah. Yeah. And all we had to do was, I mean, I think you guys had to sign a new deal with Tooth and Nail or something. You got a brand new van out of it. <laughs> like, it was, it was, sense of it was right. like, we'll give you another, right. we'll give you a van, but we're going to take all your publishing as opposed to just half of it. But now you owe us all of it. You know, I, oh, but, yeah. I know, you know, I, punk bands, we don't read the fine print. So, but I got, I got, a, yeah. we got a sweet van. Yeah um yeah. i'll have to ask sean about that <laughs> that's funny man yeah I, that's funny uh i remember i that. think it was after the brakes went and he felt he went from like the back all the way to the front and hit his head and then he did oh this. that was a different one that was a different time but yeah that was man or, or, maybe, or maybe it happened too many some sometimes too many times <laughs> Poor sean. But, i don't know Poor, shout out to sean he's a trooper um yes but yeah oh wait reeve oliver on the militia group too right yeah 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 okay yeah so we yeah. can so you kept the relationship alive i love it i did um, i love Sean. But yeah yes how could you not 
little Sean. Now he's big Sean. Um, <laughs> I mean, older Sean, not bigger, but yeah, older, older Sean. He's definitely not know. as big as me. <laughs> <laughs> um, cool. So that thank you for the time. Thank you for the words of wisdom. Sounds like everyone's doing awesome. Um, sh- shout out. Well, you know, as awesome as can be yeah. in these times, you know, yeah. I should say, but um, I know you're probably doing home, you know, you're probably a homeschool teacher now and doing all that jazz. Um, I'm a math teacher and my son calls me the cafeteria lady. Ooh, there you go. Scoopy, yeah. scoopy. Yep. The scoop. <laughs> <laughs> we need to catch up some more and talk about, I want to hear the, all these progressions of your new, all this new stuff you're doing and um, yeah, man. Himalaya and, and um, rivals and, you're probably doing some more stuff you're not even you're keeping secret you know you got a bunch of other stuff going but um i, mean, I did tell you i take a dump every morning i don't know how much more secrets i can hold i was going to do some closing songs but i guess like, we could just talk we could just end it on like chad takes dumps every morning at six yeah <laughs> now i'll probably I'll, the yeah, go I'll, I'll figure out some good stuff to put on unless unless you suggest you know something from one of your labels or something like that i could throw on there um well, we can do that, or I'll just do something of my choosing. There you, know? you go. Okay, yeah. I like it. You're like no pressure, no pressure. Yeah, I, I don't it. care. Yeah. Let's do it again. It sounds like we got a lot of part twenty. We're now on like part twenty-seven to catch up on. Yeah. yeah. So we should do a. Uh, we could do a group one. Bring Hayquist in here. For sure. Bring, bring Sean in. Bring, bring everybody. Get a uh, defeat the dark side reunion. Yeah. And I feel sorry for you and your lack of soul, your lack of soul, your lack of soul, your lack of soul, your lack of Chad, Chad, Chad. Check two. Chad, Chad, he's a dad. Chad is red, Chad Pearson, glad Chad, yeah. Pearson dad, Chad, rad, mad, glad, Chad, 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 Pearson, Chad, Chad, Okay, so that was a song called Chad that I wrote just for fun. Oh, hey, Reeve Oliver is playing in the background, coincidentally. Uh, for those of you that don't know, Reeve Oliver is a band by my man, Sean O'Donnell, who was the guitar player and key songwriter in Dogwood for a long time. And after he left Dogwood, he went and... Uh, you know, started another band called Reeve Oliver, and they were on Chad's label, The Militia Group. So it's kind of funny that they're playing right now. Not funny, it's good. And Reeve Oliver is so good. They're so catchy. I mean, all the best parts about Sean's songwriting in Dogwood transferred over to Reeve Oliver, stuff that maybe wouldn't work for Dogwood or wasn't punk or whatever. I mean, Reeve Oliver overall is a really, really good band. 
uh, good musicianship all around with O, the bass player, and uh, Brad Davis, the drummer. They were just a solid, solid group, and all of Sean's songwriting came to the forefront. The albums were incredible. I really encourage you to go listen to Reeve Oliver. The one that's playing right now in the background is I Don't Want to Know. I Don't Want to Know! Exclamation mark by Reeve Oliver. Just so catchy. He has so many catchy hits. I can't go on and on enough about it because, well, um, yeah, it's just really good music. So it's got some, you know, Foo Fighters, Weezer influence. Anyhow, I'm stoked that Chad signed them to the label because it was a really good addition to Chad's lineup, for one thing. And also, it was the, it gave Sean the ability to put out albums with Reeve Oliver and get distribution. So that's really cool. And then, of course, Sean went on to play in Yellow Card and all that. So we'll get, maybe we'll get to Sean on a certain episode coming up soon here. Who knows? But uh, just anyways, I'm playing it because it's a Militia Group release. They have a bunch of songs. And you know what? I turned off the music because this song does not deserve to be in the background. It deserves to be played on its own. So after all the talking on this episode, I will play Reeve Oliver, I Don't Want to Know, and another track from another band related to our conversation is 238, who Chad uh, sent us on tour with, one of our first uh, tours when we were on Tooth & Nail Records was with 238 and Craig's brother, and we just fell in love with 238, they were awesome dudes, still are, still are awesome dudes, if you get a chance, go check out uh, Chris Staples' music, Chris Staples, that is, he is the singer and guitarist, I mean, uh, yeah, guitarist in 238, one of them. Anyways, um, we, uh, one time, a, a little tour story about us in 238 is um, we had a trailer on, on the tour and it was like giving us some grief. I don't re- totally remember, but it was like swaying around the road and they were, 238 was afraid that we were going to kind of maybe get into an accident or something. They ended up giving us money for a trailer um, or they offered to give us money for a trailer and we were we were, we were dumbfounded because they were you know, a smaller band just starting up coming out of, I don't know if they're just starting up, but anyhow, they didn't have like tour money or anything like that, but they totally offered to give us all their money to buy a trailer so that we would not crash on the road, which was very humbling for us, at least, at least in my eyes, very humbling for myself. Um, yeah. So shout out to 238, shout out to Chris Staples and Kevin DJ and everybody in 238, um, just for being that humble band and that giving band to Dogwood during that tour. If, uh, if we weren't with you, I don't know what would have happened. So, uh, I'm going to play a song by 238 and it is, it's on, it was on Tooth and Nail Records. It's called uh, Modern Day Prayer from the You Should Be Living record. And they have, again, so many, so many good songs. Um, they're not, they're not like punk or hardcore, but when you see them live, it's so much energy and like, it feels like the same, almost the same energy as you get from a punk or hardcore show. Just the way that uh, they wrote their songs and the way they performed them. So, just I really like the the way that they uh, composed this song. So, I'm gonna play uh, that song just to show you how good my friends in bands are. So, Reeve Oliver and Two Thirty Eight. Actually, another funny story. I'll just put these two together. Actually, Sean, when we were on tour with them, and before he went on to play in Yellow Card, ironically, he played at Milk Bar in Jacksonville, Florida with, uh, on stage with 238, or I think, yeah, on stage with them for a song, and uh, we were playing with Craig's brother also, and then it was the city that Ryan Key is from, so hometown crowd, everybody's there, first drum of the chord, Sean kind of like 
steps back and falls off the stage on the 238 song and he jumps back up i'm ready and he keeps playing the song so that was a <laughs> his a funny tour memory because it was a decently big stage and he kind of like just kind of stepped backward and fell right off the stage and kept playing and did the, did the rest of the song with 238 so a little sean o'donnell 238 mashup revolver 238 kind of a good combo here so anyways that's that for the songs now on to some other things before we end I wanted to give a quick shout out to all my friends who are uh, participating on the show. Obviously, I couldn't do it without you. It would just be my voice going on and on. You might get sick of that. So looking forward to doing some more shows. I have a bunch of stuff lined up. I have done conversations. I just have to do some, you know, editing and production and stuff like that because I don't want the show to just be a little bit boring. I need it to be a little zhuzhed up, if you know what I'm saying. If you know me, I need to zhuzh it up. And if you can spell zhuzh the correct way, please send me a DM because everyone has a different way of spelling zhuzh. But anyways, um, yeah, quick shout out to some uh, partners of the show, Liquid Death, you know, Mountain Spring Water, Murder Your Thirst, Death to Plastic, all that fun stuff. Use code FAMCAST, F-A-M-C-A-S-T, if you're shopping there to get some stuff and um, you're going to find some goodies. Also... We have a Patreon page for a little bit of extra support and bonus episodes uh, for people who who do subscribe to that. That's patreon.com forward slash familycast, F-A-M-I-L-Y-C-A-S-T. And what else? What else we got here? Um, today is a great day. I just came back from a snowboarding trip with my son. So I wanted to shout out my son Xander because he is one of the music producers of the show, if you will. And so um, we had a good bonding time talking about that kind of stuff. And uh, it's good to have people in your life that you can bond with, especially if they're of your own kin. So shout out to you, Xander. Thanks for all the good music so far. I look forward to much, much more. Okay. And also, if you haven't yet, I mean, this is crazy by now that I'm still talking about this, but subscribe to this show. Because um, I, I don't want, I don't, uh, what was I going to say? I don't think that it'd be cool if you missed any of these because they're kind of, I kind of allude to other shows while I'm talking to people or I, or in these kind of sec- sec- sections, I should say. Sorry. Uh, I allude to other shows like a throwback. I'm like, oh yeah, I just talked about that with this guy or this lady on this show or whatever. And I do other podcasts. I'm, I mean, I am on other podcasts too. So there's always things to not be missed, if you will. So subscribe listen to all the shows and on that also share the show share it with other people share it on social media um i'm doing a little contest here uh i got some people involved maybe you might you know maybe a custom knife maybe some some other fun goodies that i can't really say right now but i'm gonna be doing a contest it might have to do with subscriptions and sharing um i'm not, i need to check out all the legalities on contests and stuff like that but basically i'm going to be giving away things to people who help me with help me share the show so subscribe rate review share and support that's s r r s s that's why i hashtag that and uh of course we're on instagram at the family cast but hopefully you know that by now so yeah shout out to chad pearson for this episode give him a follow at chad pearson on instagram and be on the lookout for Himalayan Records, his, his new endeavor, his new record label. I'll put all these, I'll put all these links and stuff in the show notes as per usual, so you can find all this good stuff online. I don't want you to miss out on all the fun stuff that Chad is doing. So be sure to, you know, you're gonna be looking at Refuge Coffee Company. You're gonna be looking at Chad Pearson. You're gonna be looking at the Militia Group Archives. You're gonna be looking at um, 
Himalayan records. What else is there? What else? I mean, his son is making art and selling it, so you can check that out. So all this good stuff. I'll put all the links in there. Don't worry. It's all there. And yeah, so Chad, that was a fun time. I'm glad we got to catch up. I have to, uh, I owe you a burrito at another place when you come back to San Diego. So uh, cheers until then. I'll see you next time on the Family Cast. Food and music is life, yes? Yes, indeed. So until then, adios amigos y familia. This is Chef JK signing off until we meet again. Bye.
Thanks for listening to The Family Cast. Yeah. <laughs>